cool. All right, let's go. We're already going. We're already going. Hey, everybody, what's going on? It is the Permanent Relegation Podcast, uh, Voice of the Brickyard Battalion, Episode 8. Uh, we took a brief hiatus two weeks ago. That was an <laughs> unbelievable train wreck of a show. That we kind of went old school on our old uh, permanent relegation. I want to blame our guest. <laughs> I'm sure we'll get it's not, Yeah, it's not his fault. Oh, no. Um, but we're back uh, talking everything Indy 11, soccer. Uh, we're going to talk other sports, if you don't mind as well, because I'm sure that you're well, tired kind of, of I don't know that the guy that we have on the show tonight actually has any type of knowledge of sports. <laughs> no, not I at mean, all. He's not, he's not known for this. <laughs> um, and I don't think he's ever been on any type of radio... In that show, yeah, that's a microphone, yes. sir. Is this on? The, uh, yes. the lingo for these are cans. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> oh no, and our levels are I good. Am, I am, uh, I am actually just blown away to have this gentleman on our show. Yes. And uh, let's get the particulars yes. out of the way. We're Do live it. at uh, Fisher's Chatham Tap. Yes. Uh, it's a, a hot as hell Tuesday evening. It wasn't bad. Uh, it was pretty warm, comparatively. It's supposed yeah. to be nice the rest of the week, though. Sure. Um, I am your uh, co-host, Andy. Of course, with me as always. No, no, dude. Go ahead, host. No, I said co-host. Do your thing. Can't do that. <laughs> Can't do that to you. Well, we know who I am. Chris. I'm the asshole of the show. Chris. Yes, he is the <laughs> asshole of the show. Uh, at Caged Fear, at Cibala. Uh, you Make sure that you tweet us at uh, PR Podcast. Um, tweet any... Show. PR Peck Podcast Show. Uh, we are at PR Podcast Show, aren't we? I think I have to tell you this every single I've, time. Yeah, I've, I've messed that up a couple of times already. You're it's all right, though. You're now. You're the consummate professional. I, I am. It's hard to believe I have a radio. This is background. like the delicious dish of soccer yes. shows. I love this. Uh, so uh, somebody shreddy's ball sack going to make an appearance <laughs> on the program at some point in time. Well, the guest with us on episode eight is, is the uh, voice, one of the voices. I, I kind of messed that up earlier. I said the voice. Brad of the is 11. the face of Indy Eleven. Oh, okay. He's the good-looking TV guy. I'm really the radio guy. You can refer to me as the voice. I'm okay. cool with that. All right, the voice of Indy Eleven, and uh, like, it's smooth butter. I don't know. God, it's like chocolate cake. I'm going to get a couple of hinch sounds in me. You're fine. Don't worry about it. <laughs> That's what I'm rolling. I'm running the hinch, buddy. Yes. So, I'm rolling the water. Good. That's good for you because if we give you a couple of those, mm, this yeah. is going to end up being a train wreck. It's going to be a train wreck So, so I'm, I'm kind of, uh, just because I'm a little, I'm actually more nervous with this guest. You really are. You've been talking about guests. this. You, you have done because something to this guy. <laughs> you're God, man. He was man. here early. He was ready. He was I'm set. always here early. He was. Except for that one time we came, like, he was 15 minutes. I was not. Not, I, was I not think I all. have everything. Do you think these are in a perfect? I, do you think he's gonna Don't like these? Don't mess them up. <laughs> do you think he's gonna like these? Yeah. Mayor Swift is a, yes, okay. There's right. impressive, and then there's OCD. Yes. There might be an yeah, issue. Maybe there. a little bit of both. Okay. But Greg Raystraw is with us. Uh, you got a Twitter handle, Greg? At Greg Raystraw. I'd like uh, to keep it simple. It's a tough one. Plus, also people learn how to spell my name that way. <laughs> people butcher that thing beyond uh, no M. Uh, it's what it's funny. Yours, Baumgartner. Bom, bom, no, Baumgartner. <laughs> Oh, well, you mentioned that, Greg. It's Baumgartner. Because <laughs> everybody messes it up. There everybody you go. messes it up. But, uh, of course, uh, your your day job, if you will, mm-hmm. is uh, sports director, program director, or sports director. There you director. go, program director. Program director for 1070. I go by either one. Yeah, whatever. 1070 The Fan and uh, 107.5 FM. Uh, uh, you filled in for JMV a couple times last week while he's on vacation. It is vacation season, although thankfully that's coming to an end. Actually, today I wasn't on the air, so I saved all my good material for you guys this way. <laughs> you know what was nice about you filling in for JMV is that there was actually some relevant soccer talk <laughs> during the during the uh, the drive time. Now, I tell you what, though, how <laughs> yeah, about was... all three of our guys during the World Cup? That was there was no prompting from me. It's true. There wasn't like a memo that now, fellas, if you so would you talk thirty percent World Cup on your shows. They just took it and ran with it. Okay. Grady, Dockich, JMB, all of them. And that's the love about those guys. You know, They realize, all right, this is 
part of the business of sports, and they're in the business of being the water cooler conversation of sports. And for that time, that was the dominant topic on the show, at least from, say, June 16th, the first American match, through July 1st, the end of the tournament run against Belgium. So, you know, there there was no prompting from me. Those guys just took the ball and ran with it. It was fun to kind of kick back and listen to it. And I, I bounce out of work around 5 o'clock every day, so I hear uh, a good majority of JMB's show, especially during the, the drive time hour where every like you, your, your listenership goes up sure. around that time. And it was it was very funny to, to listen to him at the beginning of the World Cup and be like, oh, you know, I don't really care about soccer. And, you know, okay, these are the scores right now. And as things progressed, they started actually talking a little bit more about some things versus just being like, well, here's the score if you care about that and go for it. And that was capped off, I think, by the um, Brazil-Germany match <laughs> because that was going on while he was on the air. Yeah. And, I mean, you could tell people were monitoring it on Twitter, watching it. Some of us in the offices actually have television. Some were watching it on the, on, on their laptops. And just, you would hear these random swear words. <laughs> Most of them coming from my office. I really have a, you know, a dog in the fight. Right. I'm, I'm rooting for Team USA, and I root for the teams that I predict to win. And I thought Germany would win that match. I didn't think they were going to win 7-1 or score 5 in, in, in the first 30 minutes of the match. But people will walk by my office. Are you okay, like, dude? Look at the score. This is yeah. internet gold right yeah. now. And then, oh, Twitter blew yep. up during yes. that time. So yep. the funny thing is, is that it ruined me for the next match. There was not a thing wrong with Argentina and Netherlands, but I found myself being bored. I'm like, uh, where are my five goals? Right, right. I was promised this after watching well, yesterday. Netherlands cheated you anyways because after they come out immediately with Spain and they score five, and you go, right. oh, this Netherlands team. You see the flying header of God come in from Van Persie, and you go. Oh, this is gonna be this is gonna be fantastic, and then yeah, then they basically once they got into the knockout stage, nothing, nothing. Yeah. Then you go, okay, well, we'll, hmm. we'll still be telling our grandkids, you know, 40, 50 years from now. I was alive when Germany scored seven in Brazil. <laughs> it's very true. And they were actually three men down the entire time. It was yeah. great. It was yeah. Good, yeah. You know, yeah. 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 they yeah. played yeah. uphill yeah. in the first half in the snow in Brazil. It was the yes. only time it snowed in Brazil. <laughs> right. It was, weird, it was a weird front that came through that just dumped a bunch of snow on on Brazil. Uh, now the thing too is that you know you had, you had when you were filling in, you did have a lot more of the active soccer talking. Did you did you find that more of the soccer um, regiment, if you will, called in a little bit more? It might have literally been there? like the 260th regiment that may have called, because <laughs> um, because soccer tends to follow me now, and I'm perfectly cool with that. But when when I'm filling in, whether it's for Grady or Dan or, or filling in for JMB. Um, it is now open season. Soccer fans in the 11 fans tweet to me knowing I'm going to talk about it. Sure. And so it's like an open invitation. And the one thing that I'll tell people, because John's a machine. John takes off like one week a year. Um, the other last couple of times I've had to fill in for him, sadly, is because a family member had passed away. So he takes his one week off, and that's it, and he's in the chair for 51 weeks a year. He is going to be broadcasting from the mic on August the 6th. For, Wednesday, for, yeah. for the midweek match to help drum up a little more interest, knowing nice. that might be the, the toughest sellout uh, on yeah. a Wednesday night yeah. versus a Saturday night. So we'll be there live from 3 until 7 o'clock on both 107 and 1070. And uh, it won't be all soccer, but there will be a lot of soccer to talk about. So be down there well, and uh, make some we'll noise early. Well, I'll definitely be there. Are you going to be there? It's it's to be seen. And <laughs> if, if, if memory serves you correctly, yeah. you know if you bring John a beer, as evidence from you know the day before the, yes. from Carb Day, <laughs> yeah. if you bring John a beer, you get a shout it on the air. Uh, so just yeah. go buy him around once the doors open at six, you'll be fun. Well, usually down at the uh, the tailgates, you don't have to buy anybody a beer. Just, you just have to bring just, it to just him. Just walk up and you're <laughs> yes, good to just go. Just walk yeah. up to it. 
BYOB in the BYB. It's fine. You're good. BYB Have you had a chance to to tailgate at all before the game? No, and I will rectify that at some point in time and maybe even for the next home match because with my crazy schedule, I've had like a broadcast going every day sure. before I actually have the match. Saying, don't you have to broadcast during the match? So you can't really come to tailgate and be like, then get on there with well, WNDTV no. TV and go, he's, hey. He's there at like 4 o'clock. He can go right when it opens. I think, <laughs> I think, I think Abir yes, might be the way there I could go. Multiple like people would be in trouble. Yeah, you say, hey, Stoney, I got it. <laughs> <laughs> he kisses her on the street. Strikes. Yeah, you get yeah. the rest. <laughs> right. Exactly. So, but that's that's one of those things too is that when you talk when you're talking about the people that have been tweeting you and, and following you as, as the you know almost like the the voice of so- of indie soccer right now because yeah. you basically are you're the voice of indie soccer right now. Tell us a little bit how you got to that point. Sure. Um, I you know it wasn't like I had the chance to play the sport growing up. Uh, you know, you, I grew up in, in a very small town in southern Indiana. In fact, my 20th high school reunion is is this Saturday night. I'll be going back as about 3.5% of the class of 1994, part of a class of 28 people. So not having high school, we didn't have high school soccer. We had youth soccer in the county, but probably stopped playing by the time you were 12. Now, I'll, I'll spin it promptly forward. My high school has been playing varsity soccer. This will be their third year, and I had those kids at the match on Saturday night and yeah. sat them in the Brickyard Battalion. Yeah, I, heard, I heard it on the air where you were so, talking about that. Were you guys nice to them? You guys okay with them? Uh, he was there. I, well, I was, I was there with the toddler. I work so for a I, terrorist organization that would not allow me to leave work <laughs> to get there. So a re, a retail, he has retail yeah, hours. Yeah, just yeah, terrorist organization. So you were watching the broadcast, Absolutely. right? Oh, there you yeah. go. There you go, bro. <laughs> That's the way to spend yeah, so that. The, uh, the, the nice thing about... Um, the Brickyard Battalion uh, section in the fall season is that they're they're checking tickets now, so it's not come one come at right. spring season. It was come one come all. Right now, actually, it says Brickyard yes. Battalion. Even if it's a general mission, it says Brickyard Battalion, right. or it says East stands. Well, it's always said seat. Brickyard that's Battalion. They yeah. just yeah. never check. Checked. So right. you have people migrate throughout, and then you end up overpacked. People doing stuff that's causing some issues. Right. And then you get some people that really just should not be there. So, uh, and then they're offended like because the you fell over. Know, so, m- thankfully, my the, the high school, I told them, I said, kids, get there at 630. Make sure you get a good seat. So, they were, like, off to the right. So, they were two. If you were facing the goal, they were on the left. If you're behind the goal, they're off on the right. Like, the right. first four okay. or five rows, great seats, wonderful atmosphere. And so, I, I just wanted to show those kids, all right, this is this is what it's like here. I want you to kind of, you know, see and just warn your parents. You hear some language. Right. You know, don't. Normally use at home, but right. everybody will have a good time. And file accounts, they had a, a wonderful time. But to, to answer your question, I am kind of a child of the 94 World Cup. That I, I remember as a kid watching bits and pieces of the 86 World Cup because it was on NBC. Yeah. But the 94 World Cup was the first time that right. I was around the sport and really saw it. Then go to college and live on the same floor as several guys in the soccer team. Yeah. So that was kind of then the next introduction to it. And I've always just kind of followed it and watched. And I had a chance when I left radio in 09 and did TV full-time for three or four years, I started doing soccer on television. Um, The first soccer telecast I ever did was the Boys Soccer State Championship game in 2009 featuring A.J. Corrado, Dylan Mares, and, of course, Harrison Petz, who wanted to be an outstanding player. and. He's going to go, you know, he's doing his doctor thing as opposed to being a professional <laughs> right. soccer player. Right. Um, so I had a chance to do that match and then started doing some of the college matches for IUPUI, did some Franklin College stuff. I uh, got to do some, I did the Division II semifinals for NCA.com 
and just kind of started growing that way. And, and as I was doing that, I then started watching the Premier League games on Saturday morning and Sunday morning. So like a lot of casual sports fans, it is so much easier now to be a soccer fan because you have every, you, have, you know, five years ago, the major games are on live and, right. and the West Hams of the world, four <laughs> o'clock on a Sunday afternoon, you yeah. can watch them if, yeah. if you'd like to. <laughs> um, and, and so it just kind of grew from there. And then I caught wind of, of what the Indy 11 were doing. Um, and, and again, from the program director's side of things, myself and a guy by the name of John Griffin, one of our sales guys from our staff, both are somewhat of, of, of soccer nerds or soccer aficionados. We said, you know, there's something here. You know, we need to figure out from a radio station standpoint what's kind of the right, you know, what's our right level of interest? How can we kind of bring this team and this sport into the tent without saying overkill losing Pacers fans, Colts fans that aren't soccer fans at this point? So we had a series of meetings in the fall with um, with Larry, Lindy, and, and with Peter Wiltz, and eventually Tom Dunmore and John Kaluter and, and, and all the staff with the Indy 11. And we went to them and said, okay, fellas, we can't do every game on, on, on radio play-by-play, but we would have an interest in you know doing some or doing a weekly show. And they said, well, we can't do every game. We don't want to do the play-by-play, but we'd love to have a weekly show. Okay, great. Here's the idea. Here's what we would talk about. And basically it was like, we love it. Yes, we're doing it. Let's go. Right. right. And, 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 and so that, <laughs> Which that's is how they work. There was very little negotiation. <laughs> we like your idea. How much does it cost? We've written a price. Great. Done. Right. Moving we can, on. We can do this. Yeah. And right. then, um, I, I, of the group with the Indy 11, uh, I've known Larry Lindy the longest. Uh, I dealt with Larry when he was working with the Indiana Ice 10 years ago in the CHL. So we knew each other somewhat and, and kind of put the bug in his ear late last summer said, hey, if you guys are going to do television, I have an interest. You know, I have done some soccer broadcasts before, not an extensive amount, but probably more than anybody in town. Yeah. Let's talk. Right. And that deal got done about late January or February, and okay. here we are. So you were kind of championing yourself to be like, hey, I can, I can do this. I can was, make this happen. Right. I mean, I, I, I knew there were going to be things that, that, that I would be learning on the job. Right. And, and there are people that, that are, and I've said this, you know, in many different forms before, for the average sports guy, I know a lot about soccer. But for a soccer guy, I have a lot to learn, so to speak. So there's still a learning curve <laughs> as, as far as other guys that, that, that have done this for really? many more years before me. you do a fantastic me. job because i got to say when, I'm faking it and BSing my way through this. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. How much is coming in the earpiece? Okay, tell me the next step. No, no. I mean, especially with your, your knowledge of, of, of EPL. That's, i, I got to say, your knowledge of, of lowering teams, who's there, what's going on. Obviously, that's a passion because that's right. the league that you follow. Right. Um, well, I'll tell you this: the, 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 my my team was Wigan. Yeah. Any team that's good, just does enough to finish in 17th place every year, <laughs> yeah. that's a motto I can live by. You're like a, just good enough like to a, hang around. The that's modern Nobody's teams. expecting too much, and exactly. then if you overperform, then they go, exactly. "Oh, wow!" 15th place this year, season tickets are going up. So, 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 so we're having fun with this. And I remember yeah. being at the Chelsea Inter match last year, yeah. and. We, our station suite, I wasn't working that night, got to be a big wig and sit at what would be the 50-yard line Ooh. directly across from like the television booth. So to use the American football terminology on the visiting sideline. Sure. So you got and to see the biggest piece of grass lumped up. Absolutely. Was that was the best spot. I saw players just oh. throwing chunks at each other. <laughs> exactly. by so anyway, this, this guy in the suite next to me walked in wearing the 1-2-bet Wigan shirt from the year before. Oh. And I just offered him a beer, and we had a hug. We had a, a bro moment, and it was cool. Uh, <laughs> knowing it might be a while before we got back to the top tier. Uh, so, no, so, I mean, I, I've been watching the sport really for about 
you know, at an MLS level off and on for a while. Right. I tell people the oldest piece of of, uh, uh, of laundry that I have is an 18-year-old U.S. soccer T-shirt, the, yeah. the old Crest logo yeah. from from yeah. from '96. And I've been following the, the the Premier League really about the last four or five years. So that's yeah. kind of when the uh, the soccer love affair started for me. Nice. And that, and in in terms of the uh, the viewership. Kind of going back to the the, the, the broadcast. Sure. Uh, you know, obviously we've we've been lucky enough to having some games on ESPN three, mm-hmm. which you so you've yes. got a much broader audience there. True. Um, and that's by the way, that's up. great. That's great for the league. There's one match every week on ESPN three. Right. It's huge for the league, and it's mandated that every team has to have a home stream. Now, obviously, some of those are higher quality than others. Yeah. As we as we've learned from watching some of these matches, <laughs> yeah. but. Right. For for that league to have a relationship with ESPN three is, is massive. Well, and that's you know, in in not making a plug of, of who I work for at all, but if you have a mobile <laughs> carrier, keep in mind you can get that on your tablet and smartphone through your ESPN watch app. You literally, if you are an NASL guy and you go, I sure wish I could be at work watching games, ta da. So there you from go. terrorist organization uh-huh. to plugging for said terrorist organization <laughs> no, no, no. the span of three questions. That's how it works when you work for that what? mobile company. It really is it's such a Flux of emotion. It yep. depends on the minute. On sometimes I just yeah I want to. The bomb company should call, be called Bipolar Wireless. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Excellent. But but your viewership, uh, especially locally, right? Do you get the numbers for that and seeing I'm, exactly how? I don't. Okay. Um, I get to on, on this one. I get to be just the dumb talent. It's wonderful. <laughs> I, you I, don't I, have to worry about. I don't, that how, stuff. I don't know how the sausage is made. I just yeah. go, man, doesn't it taste great? Right. At the end of the process. <laughs> um. Radio questions, yeah, I can give you those. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but the television side, no, I, I'm just, I just get this good-looking face, and that's what I do. Right. Um, but I, I will tell you this. I have never had the feedback on any broadcast I have ever done in my life compared to the first night of the season, the April the 12th broadcast against the Railhawks, where just right. so many people, obviously 11,000 were there, but I, I, I can't guess the percentages of, of the community that were watching and say, okay, I want to see this for the first time. I sure. want to see what this is like in my town. And my Twitter timeline was blowing up for two hours. And so I've done well in the triple digits of state championships. Yeah. Uh, I've done a lot of small college championships for NCAA.com. Right. Um, you know, I, I did IUPUI radio for nine years. And, and so I've, I've done a lot of stuff over the last 15, 20 years from a broadcast standpoint. I have never had the feedback that I had from that, that match on April the 12th. Wow. Which it was, it, we DVR'd it. Yep. And because we're it. at the game, yes, obviously. At the game, to now, see so it. you know, fellas, there is a midnight replay, just so you know. Oh, no. I did not know that. Yeah, the midnight the special yeah. airs after. No, I want the, li- I want the live. Unfortunately, the, VBR's for. The, the ending <laughs> remains the same every time, unfortunately, <laughs> but we do rear it at midnight right, every right. time. So you want the live DVR version. Because it's just, more fresh. Yes, like, it's, it's, well, more it's like fine wine and age it's it a little bit more. There's like three or four more hours worth on the DVR that way. Plus, you can fast forward through things. If Greg Regstraw starts being boring, you can just kind of fast forward to some stuff. Which never happens. <laughs> no. Ever. No. So, um, so we, how, we, we, have a, we have a Twitter question. Fantastic. Somebody's asking. It uh, uh, it's from Derek. Okay. Hello, Derek. Derek, Derek, uh, Derek Droger. From, oh, uh, from uh, the Drogernaut. What up, Drogernaut? <laughs> he was wondering. And I, now, he said, what, what is Ben Spencer's goal-to-score ratio, which is pretty much the same thing? I think he means goal-to-shot ratio. Do we know? Not off the top of my head, no. Okay. Well, that's what he asked. To, we have to go off how many goals he scored, which is what three or four at this point. Yeah, because he scored one. He was he was on the all eleven the week before yep. for scoring right. on the road against Carolina. Yep. Right. Had uh, had one against Ottawa. Right. Had one in the <laughs> Open Cup match. Right. The one that he got on, the yellow card in the goal on May twenty right. eighth. Yep. right. Which we talked about. Yep. 
Yeah, that was funny yes. talking to him about that. I was like, was that the most goofy? I, you goes, know what? what I think he's asking about? His goal to score ratio uh, of when uh, he was here and, <laughs> and decided to... So we're going to do look, some look extracurricular activities. Are you talking about the show? pole of a 19-year-old? Always, <laughs> 19 a, always a dicey topic. Four, I think a 6'5", 19-year-old professional soccer player. Who can player. talk about being overseas. At a right. bar. Yeah. Which yeah. is an all-ages facility, yeah. by the way, here at the Chatham Tap and Fishers, <laughs> yes, just so yeah, everyone knows. <laughs> Let's just move out of this. Hey, Derek brought it up. Dave. Bottom line, Derek, I'm sure Ben does quite well. Thank you for your interest. We understand that you're extreme as shit, as you have made mention here, but... Let's just leave that alone. It's very true. So. It's very true. All right. All right anyway, back, so, um, back to the real <laughs> So let's let's do ask a radio question. You've got Soccer Saturday. Yep. Uh, sometimes here yes. at, at Fisher Shadow. Next Shatter. time will be the opening day of the, of the Premier League season, August 16th. Nice. Okay. Yep. I like that. I'll be here for that. Uh, and then the other ones are just live downtown. In the studio, studio. right. So I get to on dress much as the way I was when I walked into the building tonight, <laughs> going, we're going to be on camera? Okay, i got a clean shirt. Hang on. And then we're good. What, <laughs> what kind of feedback have you gotten about that soccer-centric show since you it's, started it? It's tremendous. And and it's one of the we, – we pitched the show to them as a weekly show, and we said, listen, there's a couple different time frames. We think we can do it. If yep. you want to do a weeknight show, we can. It would be 7 o'clock, 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock, and we'd have to move it around – because of other programming. Like, for example, all this week, we have an hour of trackside, the racing show, then yep. the talk of guys now with Donald Davidson, main until 9, leading up to the Brickyard 400. So we would have said, okay, you're on this week, Thursday night at 9 o'clock. Not exactly a great listening time right. know, when it comes to radio. Uh, or, or if you take Saturday morning, there's two things. A, you're in one of the rare time slots on our station where I could go to you and say, I will never mess with your show. <laughs> you will be on the same time every yeah. week of the year. Yeah. And we tried to wink, wink, nudge, nudge, say, please take this time, because that way we're not messing around with your time slot. And because of the uniqueness of soccer, in that it is a habit for soccer fans to get up at 7.45 every Saturday morning yep. and watch the, the best Premier League match that time and then be ready for the 10 o'clock window. If you're on at 9 o'clock, you're leading into that 10 o'clock window. This is prime time for you. And everybody nodded their head and said, yep, that's when we're doing it. So, so, so that part has been really good. Um, the fact that... He's a damn genius. When we <laughs> push for not my first rodeo, so maybe yeah, it was soccer, right. but but yeah. not in terms of radio. Um, did he just call me son? He did. I kind of that's interesting from yes. a guy who's barely older than me. I like this. That's right. <laughs> I really, yeah. really like this. Cheers. There you go. Yes, right. you. Not <laughs> first rodeo, son. <laughs> I'm gonna mark that down. Sport best of sport. You got it. Sport. You got it, Skippy. All right. So, um, the other thing too is is that you know at first we're like, okay, should we should we push for a lot of phone calls, push for a lot of tweets, and like, no, we we need to let this thing grow. We didn't really kind of put it out there for phone calls or, or, or for a lot of Twitter feedback till about two or three months in. And we had it until the World Cup. And the last year of the World Cup, we would make sure we saved a segment for, all right, your World Cup thoughts, your Twitter questions, whatever. In the last few weeks, we've been getting three or four phone callers during that time. This week, we had kind of a smaller time frame. Did get some, some, some tweets and one very bad photo of DeMarcus Beasley from like 10 or 12 years ago. The GQ photo shoot. Yep, yep. You remember the uh, Landon yep, Donovan yeah. era? Mm -hmm. Not good. Yeah. So I, that's why I didn't retweet the American Outlaws of Indy for that. I'm like, I, you don't, he doesn't want this perpetuated <laughs> in the Twitter sphere. I'm just gonna let it die with me. So I had a couple of tweets. You I know, showed on, him live on, on Saturday at the game. I said, Hey, Demarcus, what do you think about this? He was super <laughs> excited. But you yeah. just said you weren't at the game. You, you missed. This was me being. Oh. Never mind. Whew, right. Just Sorry. keep moving yeah, with it. Came through. Yeah, so anyway, so the feedback, <laughs> the feedback has been outstanding. And yes. and, and, and and there's been the occasional, you know. Nobody listens. I'm like, yeah. well, the ratings would say otherwise. <laughs> the world, the, the, the world. Right. So I, I'm not a big fan of those that speak for the masses. Mm -hmm. If you want to say I don't like it, okay, cool. I, I appreciate that. And, right. and my guess is 
of all of our list of programs on the fan, there's probably a few of them that you don't like. And I, I, I get that. I'm cool. I understand that. Right. I don't like the guy that says, nobody's listening. Well, Nobody watches soccer. That's I, stupid. I, I, I bet you they kind of are. Just, the, just a guess. Because I'll, I'll go back to the – when we had the press conference. The voices we make. Whenever we make that reference. And I'm from Southern Indiana. Trust <laughs> so me. I, I can top those. Nobody likes I can make I can make some moonshine runs for you. We're good. <laughs> but I, I said this. We had the press conference to announce the show as part of the goals for Indy and the McDonald's ball kid. Thing yeah. back on March the 11th, yep. I said, listen, I am a soccer fan, but I would not be making this decision if I didn't think people would be listening. Right. I, this is a business decision. You're not going to come out and waste your time and waste sponsorship money and all that. This is, this is we're, we're in the sports business, right. and I think the soccer business is good and good enough to be on a mainstream radio station. And again, saying that three months for the World Cup turned out to be the right idea. It is It is an interesting, you know, aside to, to listen to soccer fans obviously really champion their sport and say, you know, this is why soccer is great. And you do have those extreme ones. There's like soccer is the only sport, just like you have football is the only sport, right. basketball is the only sport. But you, you see a lot more of the people that are like, I don't like soccer. I don't see why it's popular. It's boring. It's dumb. Versus the soccer fans that are that are kind of being like, well, why don't you come watch a game? Why don't you come do this? Right. And, I, and their soccer fans are still fans of basketball, football. Uh, not really baseball, but uh, <laughs> other other sports. Right. That and they'll try to kind of get on the side of we can have a part of this group and not right. just be this elitist group that has been in the past. Well, I, I think those that are non-soccer fans, there's a lot of them that are threatened by the sport. You know, there's and and, and that's what you you kind of fear what you don't know, and so that's why you have the reactions. And again, and and for those that don't like the sport, again, I'm fine with that. For example, a guy in our staff, Tony Donahue, and and normally, yeah. those that those are that are the non-soccer fans tend to skew older. Tony's like barely 25 years old, so he's one of the few young guys. Like you know what, it's just not me. I don't get it, but I love the fact they said you know what, I wanted to see the U.S. do well. Like yeah. good for you, very very cool. Not a soccer fan, don't care, but I want to see us succeed, and and, and I dug that. And again, not every sport is for everybody. That's okay. What's cool about the sport in this country is the fact that it seems to grow every four years. And, and again, it gets more people in the tent on a regular basis. So that's that's a good thing. One of the best sound bites during the World Cup, too, was from Dan Dockich. The uh, the one about uh, where he, I think you probably know which one I'm talking about. You, you guys have, you guys Dan has it. like 38 great sound bites yes. a day, so you, you have to be specific. You guys played it multiple times during the World Cup. Right. Where he was talking about how how in the hell... Is soccer not the most popular sport in the United States? <laughs> There's no media timeouts. Yep. You know you're done in an hour 45. <laughs> yeah. Don't ruin this and Americanize it. So yeah. Dan was getting mad when they were giving yeah. him water breaks. Yeah, and there's, what are there's, you doing? There's yeah. no Don't fall over and die. <laughs> there's no uh, uh, referee like timeouts for instant replays. So you're right. not staring at a referee's ass for 10 minutes. You got to remember, this is a guy that 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 has to spend all that time filling time on ESPN oh, yes. when they're killing exactly. and filling for instant replays. Oh, so, yes. and I I do that on a smaller <laughs> scale. I get it. Yeah. I understand. Right. And, and, and that's the best point. It was just saying it, it, it lasts. I mean, there's action, continuous action. Right. Thing. And I do think that's that's part of the growth of the sport is the fact that as we get busier and busier in life or maybe just our attention span gets shorter, you have somebody for, say, listen, two hours, and once you got to the knockout round, at most 245, but you could be done in two hours. I can commit to watching all of that. As opposed to a baseball game, which is four and a half to five hours, <laughs> at minimum three hours. Uh, college football, three and a half hours. Yeah. And 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 I and I think the sport that maybe can draw a parallel closer to soccer is racing, Formula One. 
no more than two hours ever. That's all they do. Hockey's not bad either, though. Yeah, hockey, hockey, hockey moves at a two-and-a-half-hour yeah. clip because yeah. of, because they've really cut down the number of whistles yeah. in that sport. So yeah. I think you see this across the board from various sports. It is a matter of you have to shorten things because people just won't give that level of time to it anymore. That's so expensive, $100 million. $100 million. For Hamas Rodriguez to Real Madrid. Well, they were in need of more talent in Real Madrid. I think they definitely need another. <laughs> this, yeah, this is the Real Madrid guy. I'm yeah. surprised you didn't. Yeah, you, you, you have your, that. Do you have your decimal shirt underneath no, your shirt no, again? No, I don't need to. I think I made my point last time. So no, you know what? That's fine. So again, we'll enjoy all the cups we'll be in, and we'll enjoy Champions League, and you just enjoy. Yeah, I'll, whatever I'll, you're gonna I'll enjoy. enjoy just winning the Premier League, and that's all. That's basically all. That's not even going to happen either. So, um, kind of moving forward. So, <laughs> a little cup wise, since we're talking about yep. this, um. Give me your overall thoughts. I mean, obviously, you had a lot of people that said they'd feel really diehard soccer people have been following forever. Kind of felt this was one of the most exciting. No doubt. You, you were right there with goals. Um, you had some incredible moments, incredible last-minute goals that went in. So how are your feelings on the World Cup overall compared it, to some of the others? I thought it was tremendous. Um, you know, and I don't know if I'm enough of a, of a soccer nerd to, to sit here and say, well, it was better than the 2010 because of this, better than 06 because yeah. of this. What I will say is this is that you had moment on top of moment. Like when you watched ESPN throughout their coverage and saying, here's our top ten goals of the tournament, and they kept getting better every time through. You had so many great moments. Um, you, you had you had kind of the mid-round PKs where – no, I'm, I'm nursing that boy. So I'm too busy yapping. Um, round of 16, round of eight, you had a lot of, of shootouts. Then you really yes. didn't. And so yeah. kind of when you got to the semifinals and, and champion, when you say, listen, I want to see the best team win. I want to see it won in 90 yeah. or 120 – those things happen. Yep. You had your upset story in Costa Rica. Yep. You had your great moments for CONCACAF with the U.S. and Mexico getting out of that group. Uh, you had your upsets with powerhouses like Spain and and uh, you know Italy. Uh, Italy, England. You know all all being sent packing. You know before the round of 16. But yet the best team still won. Germany was clearly the best team in the tournament, and they still won. So you kind of had a a mix of everything. And the the event that I try to tell people that the World Cup was like is like, folks, this is, I can make a lot of comparisons to the NCAA tournament, except we get fired up for the first four days of the NCAA tournament, okay? The first two weeks of the World Cup where there's a match on all the time throughout the course of the day, that's like the first four days of the NCAA tournament, but yet you can also draw the parallel. Usually there's one or two Cinderella's that make the round of 16 or the round of eight. That was Costa Rica, and usually it's the heavies by the time that you get to the final four and look who those final four teams were, all of which had a championship pedigree. Yeah. I thought it was a great tournament. Well, I, I was trying to think of uh, stats, the times where it was like uh, every team that was in the round of 16 won their group. Right. Everybody in the round of eight. Oh, round of eight. Sorry, round of eight. Yeah. Yeah, all, all the runners up got sent back in the round of 16. So if you had one thing you kind of took away, because for me, I found it interesting. There was something that actually transpired throughout the entire World Cup that by the final had completely changed in me. And so for me, being a Real Madrid guy, I'm also a big Cristiano Ronaldo fan. And it started with sure. being a Portugal fan, actually, from Luis Figo days. Back, yep. and love those guys. And I go back to the Christopher Columbus days of, as a Portugal fan myself. So <laughs> I know he's not from there. I made that reference on Twitter once. I mean, he got some help from the Queen to find I, it. I, I, find the whole hemisphere. Being the history cool. guy, I was just going to yeah. let that go. I'm like, yeah. it's Greg Rickshaw. I'm going to let him go. So, <laughs> I know he's not from there. No, I understand I that. No, so... Um, <laughs> It's been really, really hard because you've had this perpetual kind of battle, which is a good thing. And like right now, you've had it in NBA. You're, you're, you know, who's better, Kobe or or LeBron or right. Mike and LeBron, whatever. 
Well, you've had this in soccer now with Ronaldo and Messi. Right. But Messi playing on Barcelona, obviously the biggest rival, is kind of like a whole Peyton Manning, Tom Brady thing. That's a better, that's a that's better marketing for that's, me. That's outstanding. Because as a Real Madrid fan, you hate Barcelona. On the other end, you would hate you right. know, Real Madrid. So, you could go back to the NBA mid-'80s, yeah, bird and magic. Absolutely. absolutely. So, but something happened throughout the World Cup, and, and, and by the final, there was something that was said, and it was, does this tarnish Messi, or does this make him less than Pele? Does this make him not as good <laughs> as Maradona? The, that's the Dan Dockage Americanization of the sport yeah, right there. there. That's and an I American sports doc statement right there. Right? Yeah, and I sat there, and I, and I just I was aghast because when you have such – uh, a theory of a magisterial challenge. My Ray Hudson here. Um, do you ever watch BN Network? <laughs> yes, I do. Okay, I have so BN Sport. Oh, yes. my God. Ray, Ray Hudson's Hudson. the best thing yes. that's ever happened. I'm the dork soccer. that turns into BN Sport to watch the championship and not the other leagues. That's just go. me being <laughs> the right, Anglo file. Hey, no, that's I am. all right. That's so, okay. <laughs> but to hear them say this when you have such an incredible player and a talent like you're going to hardly ever see. Right. And then to hear this, that in some way he's diminished if he can't, as one man, get an entire team to beat out 32 other countries in the world to win a World Cup that makes him a lesser player. Welcome to America, soccer. Yeah. You just hit right there. And so instantly, I, I had a newfound respect because watching him play and knowing the pressure that he's under, because he's getting it from his own country, though. Right. Think, with Maradona, you have a pressure upon Messi, and it, it started making me think of the Ronaldo thing. Did you guys read the, uh, the Wright Thompson piece, ESPN.com and ESPN the magazine, about how because of the political unrest and the, and the terrible human atrocities that were going on with the dictatorship in 78, how that group that won in 78 in their own home country is basically not talked about. But if you walk into any bar, any restaurant, there are pictures of the 86 team. That is, that is the team we can get behind. And so because of the kind of socioeconomic timing of it, Messi, or excuse me, Maradona is the guy that kind of lifted them from this malaise. Right, they right. just got their ass kicked by England over the Falkland yeah. Islands. This is the guy that kind of salvaged life in Argentina. And so not only does Messi have to live up to Maradona as a soccer player, Maradona is literally viewed as a savior in that country. Yeah. So good luck topping that dude. Well, and they're they're two different, completely different personalities. Absolutely. Too. Well, yeah, we could write and, and, Messi's and, very humble. He just, right. He just He's waits. also not ridiculously high every <laughs> no, time he takes <laughs> the field. Out of it. He is not Lawrence Taylor. <laughs> He's not trying to snort the byline every time that he goes onto hey, the pitch. Did they, did they put down the byline with Coke today? Yes. This is from a paint. Ready to play, <laughs> boss. Let's they go. They do it twice. They do it once so, for Maradona, and then they, they, do, they actually do it. Right. So. Hearing the same things they talk about against Ronaldo, same deal of, well, was he going to win a championship? Can he win the, you know, outside of Man U? Can, can you, is he going to be able to get into the World Cup? You know, is he going to be able to have success in the World Cup? But he's not as good as here because he can't succeed here. You Now that there's that comparison where it's no matter how good you are, right, you have the Americanization of it. I instantly, it's kind of like what happened with Tom Brady for me. It's impossible to not respect that guy. Right. What he does, he's so damn good. Right. And so is Messi. And at this point, yes, he, Barcelona games, if it's Real Madrid, I'm, sorry, Messi, you got to go down. But I actually <laughs> yeah. I want to watch him more just to appreciate the and beauty. For, and for whatever reason, I don't think that Ronaldo faces that same pressure because I don't think the expectations are as great for Portugal right. as, as compared to Argentina right. because Argentina has that championship pedigree for right. Portugal. It's great they can be a player on the world stage. Right. Obviously, they had to be disappointed not making it out of the group stage. That was the expectation. But for Messi, it was almost, all right, it's in South America. You have to win. In Brazil, you want to beat Brazil. You need to beat them. In Brazil would be even the, bigger. The one saving grace for Argentina was 
They didn't give up seven goals to Germany. <laughs> they finished better than they Brazil did. did. Yeah, they did. So were there any moments in the World Cup that you kind of took away that, you know, watching a little bit more maybe than you, you normally would or and kind of really getting into and going, man, this is something that even I learned or something that you took away kind of heartfelt or maybe it was about our team? or Well, no, I mean, I, putting you I, on the spot about that. I love the passion <laughs> that our fan base was able to show. Yeah. Um, I mean, if, if there, there was really only one moment where you had that in 2010 and it was that late goal – and that was obviously, you know, a few years into the YouTube revolution to where right. everybody could take a picture and post it on YouTube. And we have right. all these, you know, montages of yeah. this is every sports part of the country going ape shit yeah, because right. of uh, a late goal being scored yeah. by land and none of it. Um, this time it seemed to be more of a shared experience. So like being at Mass Ave and about a bar in everybody singing the national anthem together. Yeah. That was really cool. Seeing hundreds of people turn around as they were leaving down 2-0 when Green scores all of a sudden, oh, my God, we might still hang around this thing. Yep. That was kind of a cool thing to see. I guess big picture, what struck me was the fact of in years gone by, there were countries you're like, there is no way in the world that team is 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 moving on. There, 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 there are countries that you're like, it's, it's great they can make the final 32. There is no way that they, they, they could be competitive. Well, look what Algeria did. Look how well Iran played Argentina. I mean, my God, for about a minute and a half, I felt sorry for Iran. Yeah. And I remember who I was feeling sorry for. I was like, Forget them, yeah. and probably a little bit yeah. stronger language. Yeah, right. So, um, but but I mean, there was only a couple three teams going in. You're like, there's no way that group that those teams can be competitive. And frankly, even those teams were competitive. So, to me, there is now better depth across the world, and it right. shows the spread of the game around the world. The fact that these top clubs internationally scout the entirety of the world, and yes. so even the smaller nations. This guy plays in the Premier League, and this guy plays in La Liga, and on and on and on. So that's what struck me, kind of big picture. Well, and it's something that we talked about on the last podcast yeah. was England's failure. Obviously, being the Premier League, right? Every player on England's national team right. plays in England. But look at how many. I don't have the exact number. But my guess is at least half of the countries in the World Cup had a player that plays in England. Right. I get that, but it's 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 the rest of the team there too. Right. Plays. Elsewhere out in the world, like you know, in different places in the world, right? Yeah, in different teams, and so they have those different competitions. But when you, but when you look at at England's team, do you see a bunch of star players? No, no. no. I mean, and and so, again, I think. I mean, this was the first time they've been out of the group stage since what, 58, something along those lines. Yeah. But yet they haven't won one since 66. <laughs> and so when you look at their roster, you're like, yeah, we know all those guys because this is the league that most of us tend to watch. Right. But their better and headline players are the guys that are on their way out, like Gerard announced this weekend, retired mm -hmm. from international football. They've got a lot of guys that are kind of in that boat. So I think they are they're somewhat penalized by having the best league in the world, by having the deepest league in the world, yeah. where there are greater expectations on England when, frankly, the talent level isn't there, which is why so many nations are represented in the Premier League. Sure, sure. And, and, but and there's, there, they'll probably get to that point, at least in the youth where they, they will try to get people out into different teams, into different leagues. Sure. Where, where are you getting that information from? What makes you think they're going to do that? Because uh, the FA said, uh, mm -hmm. mentioned something about that. Really? I don't know who the person was, but okay. I remember reading something about saying okay. that, that the youth the, the youth leagues, like the U18, U21s, mm -hmm. are actually going to start trying to get people into other leagues okay. and, and get that deeper competition. So they because, have to be good, though. Yes, That's they the do problem. have to be good. Right. You're not just going to go jump on yeah. it. You can't just, you can't just have Bayern somebody, yeah. Dortmund, right. <laughs> right. right. Or even a Bayern Leverkusen. Right. <laughs> right. Exactly. So, um, so um, what about you? 
What was something you took away? I, I think it is the, you know, being... So we didn't get to talk about this, this part. Yeah, being a relatively still a newer soccer fan, like a 2006. Newer, yeah. 2006 is basically when I started mm-hmm. really watching soccer. And so seeing it was a 2006 World Cup. Mm-hmm. Seeing you the, thought headbutts were common in the sport. Happened all the time. <laughs> right. Like yeah, Andre like the Giant is now. killing it for France <laughs> right yeah, now. I mean, just, I'm the one that <laughs> but it's it's the and having watched a ton of Premier League games and now with you having watched a lot of La Liga games with, with Real Madrid, yep. um, getting to know the sport, being an Indy Eleven fan and, and just really going into that that um, culture instead of being more of a bystander, just kind of watching and seeing everybody be passionate right. about it, being that part of the passion, going down to watch parties, going to uh, different uh, events with friends and, and even family, where I was like getting my dad to watch games, which he was just like, yeah, I, was, I would talk, hey, did you watch the games? Like, yeah, I actually kind of watched a little bit of the game, which he's definitely not a soccer guy. And it's that uh, attraction uh, that, just from being a media, a former media guy, mm-hmm. the promotion right. that they've done. The, the marketing that people have done to get more people involved has been incredible. And that's the, that's the ultimate sign as far as whether soccer is made. And I had the blog that was right after the World Cup and said, okay, there's, there's two different blogs out immediately. I said, all right. I said, here's here's the kind of the future of the U.S. team. Here's what's going to look like in four years. Then I said, all right, let's stop asking the question, is soccer going to make it? Because it's already made it. Yep. And the last piece yep. of argument I had is like, folks, here's the next television deal for Major League Soccer. Seven hundred and twenty million dollars yeah. over yes. eight years. More than they did for the EPL. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So it's it's here. I um so they kind of transitioned in that. So when I was the last on your show, um and this was uh what game was that right before? Was it right before Calgary? I was on I was on with Whitey. Uh we're on the same show and we got talking this is right before um the final game of Premier League. Yep. And we were talking about who was gonna end up winning. You were asking. And then we got talking about Suarez going to La Liga. And I said, he's leaving. There's no doubt right. he's going to go. And you're like, I don't know. And that would be, <laughs> we both agreed that would be absolutely horrible if he left. Right. So he's left. And he's down in Barcelona. Because yep. he really wanted, as what he said, there was a post that came through, he really wants to get a taste <laughs> of Ronaldo <laughs> and Bale. <laughs> so he wants to get a taste of him. So how do you think this affects EPL going forward? Now, you lose somebody who is that, ex- you know, Exciting to watch. Amazingly, because of what happened in the World Cup, it's the only scenario where it's a good thing that he left. It yeah. is a terrible loss for the league that he left, but now the circus that is, you know, right. uh, the what? fava beans and the nice Chianti that is Luis right. Suarez, <laughs> yeah. he could head on down to, you know, to La Liga. So it's still a bad thing because he still has an amazing level of skill, right. and certainly it weakens a team that probably should have won the championship yep. last year, um, but. Given what happened, it's the only way for the for the English to spin that into a positive thing. You don't have to put up with it anymore. Okay. And then you had Sanchez come over. I mean, I, it's not it's not it's not a, it's not a, it's not he's a like, just he's just a, a wee nibbler a, compared to like, Luis Suarez. Right. Yeah, it's not a like for like, but you well, still have yeah. some so a lot of people that are. Moving and obviously, there's other over. great talents yeah. you know throughout the course of the league. There there are they definitely brought in some people. I mean, obviously Diego Costa comes over right. as well, um, and that may be a good form. We'll see how that plays out for him, but. But you lose a, a polarizing player, good or bad. Right. It still you need brings villains right, too. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, going forward, so we had a good, you know, a, a lengthy conversation going forward. And you being an EPL guy, mm-hmm. obviously, obviously Wiggins taking number one. Yes. Right, right here. Well, Wiggins going to dominate the championship. <laughs> right. So let's see if they're going to play 46 matches. So if I do some quick math here, they're going to score 
138 points next year. <laughs> Got it. Good. Ready? Okay. That's amazing. Yep. Go they will. It. They will. They will clinch promotion by mid-January. Moving on. Fantastic. Okay. So they'll, they'll pull a Bayern of the championship. <laughs> just, they'll just have it wrapped up in order to be promoted yeah. by yeah. right. Just exactly. only have to play more games. We'll give you three points here. All right. So yeah. with with the moves that have happened. Yeah. Um. Obviously we. Uh, our buddy who is on is a giant Arsenal fan, yep. him being a Man like, fan. Like foil hat Arsenal. Like, like basically, Arsenal could do no wrong at yeah. this point. Arsenal is going to be the best. and It doesn't matter what logic you speak, you go fourth. You will finish fourth again, yeah. and you will finish fourth after that. He just, no, foil, yeah, foil hat. That's <laughs> He's great. given me links before of uh, ref, certain referees that call more cards on Arsenal games Arsenal than any other games. Arsenal gets more red cards than anybody else, and he, he literally I blame Arsene Wenger for that. That's just me. <laughs> right. So when he says that's the reason why, he goes, it's because of him. They give him. So how do you see this with, with the moves that have been made? What's kind of the most surprising moves you've seen come over? Um, I, I don't know if I'd say surprising moves, but I, I think the clear favorite is Chelsea. I mean, yeah. they are absolutely <laughs> yeah. loaded. I mean, you get Mourinho, you're like, we're going for it. We're going to win interstellar planetary domination. Right. Um, and so Chelsea's got to be the, ob- the obvious favorite. Man City is rarely going to be outspent by anyone. Right. Um, obviously, I think Liverpool takes a bit of a hit. And so, literally, you got to go Chelsea 1, Man City 2, I'd say Arsenal 3, and then those can Man U kind of catch Liverpool right. for that fourth spot. And then what Everton did was nice. Yeah. It's nice to see Everton playing in Europe, but you got to think they're more of the perennial 6, 7, 8, 9 yeah. than really being in the 3, 4, 5 discussion on a regular yeah. basis. And so, there's not any one move other than Suarez leaving, per se, that is notable. Just knowing that Chelsea is opening up the coffers and going after every seemingly top Spanish player that isn't going to be playing for Barca or Real well, well, next yeah. season. Well, and that's what's or, really funny. Or New York FC. <laughs> well, there you go. Yeah. Um, or bring back a cod. No, because he wants to play for Orlando. Yeah. Okay, no. Yeah, that was interesting. He gets his own part of the park at Disney. It's cool. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I, I kind of find it interesting. It goes exactly with the signing today for the, the Hamas Rodriguez thing. It's, I think, an exorbitant amount of money. I think it's overpaid. Um, I think there's absolutely no reason to pay him that. You've seen a lot of people that have had incredible World Cups that sure. does not translate. But I think it's interesting and it's telling when they asked him, what do you think about going to Premier League? And he said, no, I don't think I'm ready in my career for that type of physical play. I think I'm better suited for playing La yeah. Liga, yeah. And which is really funny. But you have ability to play. Obviously, you want to go to Real Madrid. But if somebody in, 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 in England had put out a well i guess nobody's going to put out that type of money that no. real would put out yeah. so well let's I, face it okay let's you know you've heard me say on here the, the england that the english premier league is the best league hands down doesn't mean the best teams are in england but they're the best there's league, better yes. depth in england oh, you know what the 10th place team spends in england is triple what the teams spend that are in that same position in italy in germany in spain wherever wherever the case may be yeah. and so if you go to a munich or a Leverkusen, or Real, or Barca, or PSG, you know, places like that, you're almost going there thinking, I'm going there because of the Champions League, not because of the league. If you're going to England, you're going there for the league. That's the reason why you're going there. Yeah. It's very true. And you have, you know, it's really weird. And I think that's one of the reasons that NBC actually spent so much money on broadcast rights for right. that league is because you don't know what's going to happen. Right. You do have the top five, six teams sure. that are about the same I mean, the fact time. that the man you misses the top four, that hasn't happened in our generation. You right. know, that, that you don't think that's going to happen one, back-to-back just years. Just one bad year. That's all it is. Yeah. <laughs> right. And, uh, but, I mean, yeah, it was... I, mean, I think they've earned a bad year. I think it's okay. Yeah. 
Agreed. It's rough, but you do have like you don't have that type of parity except for La Liga last year where you had right. Atletico. Okay, Atletico is, yeah. is and, and look what happens. We'll take that guy and yeah. we'll take that guy yeah. and we'll yeah. take that guy. Yeah. That one chance. Let's not like let this years. happen again, shall we? It's true. <laughs> I just can't deny any no. of that. So, no, I'm I'm excited for that. I mean, the thing is right. It, same deal. We we always go into the season knowing. All right, beat Barcelona. Last year was a little, was a little different. Beat Barcelona, win La Liga. Right. Biggest thing. You're exactly right. You're a 100%. It's Champions League. We've got to beat. We've got to be the European powerhouse. If you have one trillion dollars worth of players, you better do something. So yeah. Well, here's the thing too, though. So there could be even still a little bit more of a shift. As <clears throat> I don't think Real Madrid is done with getting rid of players. Yeah. I still think Di Maria. I still think Kadera are gone. I think they're going to Premier League. Kadera so, more, more than likely is going to Arsenal. Right. Exactly. So that leads. Which is good Di- for the league. That's really good for the yeah, league. Yeah. It is, especially coming off of he had a good World Cup. Yeah. He had a very good World Cup. And Di Maria, same deal. I think it's uh, probably heading up there as well. You have an extremely exciting talent who's fast, brings a brings a level of speed and vision. I'm okay with him staying or leaving, but I don't think he's staying. There's no, there's no room anymore between Cruz. <laughs> between Cruz, you have Bale, Ronaldo. Now you have James Rodriguez. Unless you're gonna start training him to be a striker, you go. There's no midfield play because Xavi Alonso's not going away for at least another year or two. Right. He's gonna be back there. So where does he play? So you have to get rid of a Di Maria because he plays the exact same. It's gotta be. So if it goes there, I think I think that helps. But it's going to be one two. The latest again. today is uh, uh, Di Maria go, uh, could be going to PSG. Well, that's well, yeah, we Cavani, Cavani, Cavani wants, wants to go to Premier League. <laughs> Cavani wants to have that that striker role in a more aggressive league to to play against some of the. It's just that's how he is. That's the way. That's a, his style of play. I think Wigan could use a guy like that. <laughs> of course they could. And, and if, they, if they could only pay him, if he would take like fifty thousand. The only guy I don't want Wigan to sign is Demarcus Beasley. That's that's that's, that's the only one I draw the line. He's got to come in the eleven. That's what basically that's the big champion thing okay. that they've been doing. Okay, honestly, <laughs> yeah, that will I was happen. I wasn't. Hang on, I wasn't going to ask that question on the broadcast <laughs> on Saturday night. And and Demarcus was kind of lined up in our in our booth yeah. a couple minutes before the end of, of knowing we're having right at the jump of halftime. And so we're kind of doing the chit-chat thing. We have a two-minute break to clear, and I'm, hi, how are you doing? Nice to meet you, blah, 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 blah. Hey, great great to have you here. Congratulations. And I said, when do you have to be back in Mexico? He's like, not going back, man. Yeah. Out of contract, new chapter. I'm like, all right, you say that. I have to ask this. I wasn't going to ask about, so, hey, what a great play for the MB11 at some point yeah. in time in your career. Um, but I was like, all right, what's next? And and then we kind of started talking about those things. I said, by the way, you look great in that jersey. Just so you know. You know, to kind of help plant that seed. So we'll let that keep filtering out there as you long know, as we what's, can. What's going into the World Cup, I actually was a chance extremely, for... well, I was extremely critical of DeMarcus Beasley just because there's so many times I've seen that guy fall over at this point, get burned, I'm going. <laughs> and then actually after the very first game, it was kind of the same deal against Ghana. I went, oh, here we go again. This is it. But then something clicked. And I will say he had a great World Cup. And he would – and and, and... – it was it was funny that he stopped himself in mid-interview yeah. uh, at halftime when he goes, "Oh my God, I just referred to myself as a left back for the first time." <laughs> He's like, "Mark yep. that on tape. I've never called myself a left back until this yep. here yep. interview." So yep. that was cool. Yeah, and there was there was a couple of uh, uh, Demarcus Beasley to Indy Eleven chants during the game. <laughs> how, how often? I guess that's one of the things. Let's start, let's kind of transition into Indy Eleven. Sure. How often do you? I know that you make reference to the to the. Das uh, boot. 
yes, and, and a lot of the other chants that, that go on. Yep. Uh, we've been ex- actually extremely grateful because you've mentioned us a few times on the broadcast. Mm-hmm. Um, but how much uh, of that outside fan base, obviously sometimes it does drain out your, sure. your Well, your we've, we've, we've got field mics yeah. so that, 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 to pick that up. I've got you know earphones, and I've, I've got myself and... and 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 Brad that I can hear and and because soccer is such a continuous thing, it's not like there's a producer that's in my on a regular basis. Do you have a spotter with you too? No, no. it's a, okay. it's all me. Um, and so. Sorry, you're looking over somebody and you hear the phrase. Do you have a spotter? <laughs> it's just kind of well, interesting. On, no, I'm just uh, on no, other no, no, no. sports. Uh, Never mind, yeah. Just, okay. Well, and, and, and look how low we are. Yeah. Like, you're right. You're field level almost. I've done games from the Colts broadcast booth for radio, and I haven't had a spotter. I don't blame somebody from six stories up for having a spotter. <laughs> right. But because I've got a basketball background, people are like, don't you want to be higher up? No. I can, I can hear the players yapping at each other. I like that. I love in basketball with the scores table for radio. I'm opposite where I have nobody blocked my view in basketball. So. I love how low we are, and so I, I, I love that perspective. But I can hear not word for word, but I at least know what chant I'm hearing. <laughs> so I hear Das Boot. I love yeah. the We've Got Pedro Mendez song. You know, can't use it if he doesn't play in the match, but there Did you go. Did you see this from the game? So watch after the shot. Watch up in the crowd. And, and tumble. <laughs> and right. now, now, the thing to look towards Christian here is, is I'm good, dude. I'm good. I'm amazing. I'm good. I saw Christian walk over to make sure he was all yeah. right, but I, I didn't know if the ball hit him in the face. No. I didn't know if uh, a sliding tackle. Give that guy a sobriety test. Yeah. <laughs> right. So, so yeah. this is a family section over here in the BYB. If you want to, if you want to carry a flag and fall over the rails. That's why. That's why I told my coach. Said, listen, I got good news and bad news for you. <laughs> good news is I got you 30 seats together. Hey, that's great. Where are they? With the biggest, loudest, meanest bunch in the entire stadium. Yeah. I said, you'll be cool with it. The kids will be cool with it. Warn the parents before they come, and they seem to have a great Best time. Best chant from, uh, from, yesterday, or from Saturday's game was when the uh, opposing keeper wasn't taking goal kicks. Yeah. And the BYB started chanting, you're not going to take it. Nice. <laughs> That was that was perfect because it's it's those organic chants sure. that come out of nowhere, right? Um, that are that are the best. Now, one of the other things too about your broadcast partner, because you talk about Brad. Yep. His has he had any previous broadcast? No, experience I mean he's us? he's done some television work. <laughs> no. Had, no, 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 and he's wonderful. He's wonderful. <laughs> yes. yes. Uh, and and so that, that that to me is is why I say it that way. Is it's part of the story is that there was kind of a run through of a few people. Not like that we did like auditions with. There's not like these, you know, hidden yeah. audition tapes. You know, yeah, like you sat in front of a TV and like, an old hey. SNL skit, yeah. Walter Matthau going for the role of the Gimp in Pulp Fiction. You know, we don't have one of those things. Um, but Brad played overseas, played a lot of years of indoor soccer before MLS was around. Uh, and, and kind of comparing notes as to previous lives, I was the PA announcer for the Indiana Blast in 1997. He's like, I was the keeper for the Rockford team that year. <laughs> that was a small group that were watching those matches on a regular basis. Um, but he's, he played overseas in Denmark. His coach, Rosalind's coach, DePaul. So he has a great knowledge of the game. Um, but he had done some television projects, but had never done like a match telecast before. So I'm like, I'm, I'm a little worried about this. Met him at, the, uh, at kind of the photo shoot that the entire team did at Channel 8 and MyND TV about a week before... The, uh, the exhibition game, so like the last Monday in March, right. had a chance to meet him. And uh, and I'm like, all right, this is going to work. And then from the first broadcast on, I'm like, dude, you're really good at this. And so like every 
you know, he'll ask me like at halftime, doing all right? Yeah, you're doing great, man. You know, <laughs> anything, no, keep it up. You just keep doing you. You're going to be fine. So we have a full-on bromance going. No, life is good. Yeah, and, he, and he's been great for us on Twitter. I know he's, he's kind of bouncing stuff back and forth with us on Twitter, and he retweets a lot of stuff that we put in there. The nicest, the, the fun, the funnest thing that I've seen from Brad that he's done is that first game. You could tell the nerves were there. You yeah. could tell he was a little, didn't know what to say, didn't know how to interject, like didn't know when to interject. He knew how, but he didn't know when right. to interject because he's basically color. You're, you're, you're just straight commentating. And now, if you if you watch the game from Saturday, he's he gets pissed. He's like, I don't even know what they're thinking out there. Like he gets so angry and he gets that coach hat on. And well, he starts to here, coach during here the was, game. Here was my big concern, because when, when something <laughs> bad happens, yes. I apparently have this internal switch that knows if you're going to say something, you're going to swear, so just stop talking. <laughs> so that second goal goes in in the 89th minute, yeah. and I just go blank. Yeah. And I hear Brad going, shoot, shoot. I'm, I'm worried about, I'm, I'm, I'm like, stop saying it, because you're going to yeah. say something else. Yeah. I'm just waiting for the bomb to go off on live <laughs> television, and it was nothing more than shoot, thankfully. Are you guys on a bit of a delay or no? No, I mean... <laughs> Not enough where you can change it. I right. mean, literally, there's the transmission to get from from downtown to Channel 23 to, yeah. you know, to, to out. But uh, there's no dump button. If he said it multiple times, we might catch the second or third. <laughs> but the first one is out into uh, outer space. But I think that that's a very good. Uh, you guys have become a very good team together. Yeah, especially no with him getting emotional. Yeah, emo- it's okay. Him getting emotional now. <laughs> yeah, now that he's now that he's getting emotional, that's where we don't need the FCC. That's what I was talking about on Twitter. Hey, hey, everybody. <laughs> um, but so yeah. I've been called son and flipped off by Wake yes, Strong. Right. It's just it's it's just it's, it's just like the same thing as far as terrorist organization. Hey, come buy a free phone within a three minutes span. How'd your how'd your stand up go the other night? It went great. Yeah, I had a good time. Good laughs. Um, the, uh, you did some stand up down at Crackers. I, I know. I did. Uh, actually, it was it was a great show. I was um, in the back. Um, I was heckling the shit out of you. You ignored me. Like pretty much this yeah. entire conversation. Um, yes. <laughs> is, you know what I'm glad about? It's not me this time. It's you. You're just throwing softball. Yeah, I'm the one. You're, you're setting me up, brother. I'm usually one to get have, shit on. I know, now you're getting shit on this I was time. literally just thinking that. So somehow transitioning back to, to the stand-up. Uh, Pete the Planner, Tracy Forner, Mark Boyle, myself, and Pat McAfee. And Scott Long, who's uh, is, is a national touring comic, is actually one of the writers some of Frank Caliendo stuff and Rob Riggle stuff as well on, on some of the NFL pregame shows. Amazingly talented guy. This is the third year he's done this, and I have been out of state. I was doing stuff for ESPN3 the last couple of years in North Carolina with some baseball, uh, and so I wasn't available. And he moved the date by no means for me. The idea was <laughs> I'm going to move it to the weekend before training camp so McAfee can do it. Right. Nice. And so Pat was there, and so I said, all right, here's the deal. I can't do both shows. I can do the late show which originally was going to be a 10.30 start. A week out, it became, hey, we're starting at 10. Okay, dude, I sign off the air at 9.58. So literally, I took less gear, yeah. less, uh, you know, uh, I had like all just notes that I could just literally leave in the booth. So as soon as the game is over, I take off the headsets, race down to the field. Brad interviews Ricky Hill. I'm getting my IFB in, getting ready. When I'm there, they tell Brad, okay, last question, you can go to Greg, and he'll start talking over highlights. And so we have all that done. And then we're yapping, 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 yapping. I'm 58. As soon as I take out my earpiece, take off my jacket, throw it on the microphone, see ya. Head out to the parking lot and take off. And I go pole position, fast and furious, <laughs> overtake button. Yeah. Um, I made it from 
the IUPUI campus to Crackers in 19 minutes. This is Crackers in Broad Ripple. Right. Well. Yeah, downtown. You know, I could have it had like an easy. old O.J. Hertz commercial. Yeah. You know, yeah. hurtling <laughs> over people, and, and we would have been fine. Uh, and so made it there, and I was worried about being, you know, I, I knew they were going to put me on. The, the order was I was going to go before McAfee next to last to give myself some time. I actually got there before the first comedian went on. Oh, nice. So I had time to kind of chill and relax, and it was, we had a great time. I want to follow McAfee, though. Never. That's why you want to be his lead out yes. guy. Yeah. No doubt about that. <laughs> did, so. um, did Carlos Mencia come on and uh, steal your material? You know, I just heard about that. I, you I, I just made, heard about I, this? I made a because I well, it's not like I've been following Carlos Mencia's career. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Wow. So I, so, but I, I, I brought something up and like, dude, he's blackballed, man. Nobody because oh. literally I saw a picture of him, yep. and it was when Lavelle Crawford. Um, and what show's Lavelle on? Help me out here. Uh, he's on a very popular show show these days, like a Netflix show or some or something that I that I don't watch. It's not but he was in studio with JMB a couple of weeks ago, and it's like he's a comedian. He's also on a very popular show right now, and I'm sure there's people screaming at their laptops or their. I got it. I got it. What's Lavelle on? Oh yeah. What's he? What? What is? It, what's he do? He does. Live internet radio as we're yes. scrolling yes. and thumbing you know, through. That's okay because it's a podcast. No sponsors. Yeah, who nobody cares. Fuck the FCC. Yeah, wait, hey. You're hey. like you're like Dave Blaney's car on Sunday. Sponsored <laughs> by the color black. Yes, yes, exactly. It's always sunny. Sponsored by a flat twelve. Yeah, he's on. Well, Tosh Burnett and it's always sunny in Philadelphia. He's Breaking on, Bad. Right, there you go. Breaking Bad. Yeah. Breaking Bad. Yeah, there we go. He was. Uh, so, yeah. Okay. Yeah. He was uh, the dude. Dude. Exactly. That was your shit. The guy. What are you doing? The guy who laid on the. Yeah. The, uh, so anyway, <laughs> they made a comment walking out oh, yeah. from like one of our dress rehearsals. We actually had dress rehearsals with these a couple, three times. I'm like, man, Carlos is looking pretty skinny. Lavelle, on the other hand, has been stealing all of his food. And and Scott looks at me and goes, well, the reason why Carlos is looking skinny, the dude hasn't been working because he is a notable joke thief. So I actually brought up Carlos because when you walked into Crackers this weekend, they kind of had like the advertisements for the future billings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So David Tell was on one spot. Yeah. Carlos was on the other, and there was this real good-looking dude uh, from Last Comic Standing. I'm like, what does this guy know about being fun? If you're funny, you've had something either terrible happen in your life, you're a fat guy, you, you know, <laughs> you've got like a third eye that's off to the side right. or something along those lines. Right. You learn to be funny to get by, to compensate for something in life. If right. you're good-looking, you can't really be funny. You've never had to struggle in life because you've always been that good-looking right, guy. Right, right. <laughs> Exactly. So that's very I, I true. I will bring up Carlos in the routine, by the way. So um, that's the only way you can be funny. You have to be a big, fat, ugly dude. Oh, that's one way of being funny. I'm just kidding. <laughs> what about the way they This blank stare. Like, Where's this going? No, I'm just I don't kidding. know where no. this is going. No, no, no. <laughs> no, the Carlos Messi. No, it's funny that because it, there's been other comedians. We're big Joe Rogan fans. Yeah, yeah. yeah, Joe yep. Rogan. And Joe Rogan busting that dude out just point during blank his, during his, his set. set. Really? Walks up and goes, you just fucking stole that. Yeah. He goes, that was already done. He goes, you're a fucking thief. I believe it was wow. like at the Laugh Factory out in, just the, out in California. Ravaged him. And then Carlos Mencia's, he was, duh, 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 whatever. <laughs> so, no, it's really And there's, there's a, because uh, I'm a big stand-up fan as well, and there's a documentary about comedians Yeah. Uh, where they point blank ask Carlos Mencia, do you steal jokes? He's like, yeah, fuck yeah, I steal jokes. <laughs> He's like, of course I do, yeah. It's, and, but it's it's it is an unwritten rule to not steal jokes. Of course. But, but there are comedians that go that sit and go, and especially for like openers and features where there's a joke that maybe they're working on they can't deliver. Right. It. And I and I'm like, for example, glad that we had a we had a kind of a final run through on Thursday for three or four of us. And because while doing things at a different level, 
there is some overlap between what Mark Boyle does for a living and what I do for a living. Yeah. And so they are like, okay, what's the order here? Mark's going for me. Okay, great. I knew there were things that he was going to touch on. I'm like, okay, then, then I will go in a different direction and talk about something else. And then what you're able to do is you're able to kind of play off of somebody. You know, he made it a big deal of saying this. I made a big deal of saying that and then compare and contrast the two. So, On a side note, my favorite Mark Boyle commercial ever was with Rick Smith back in the day when he's like, you know, Rick Smith, and Rick Smith thinks that he could do I could do color. I could. I could do it. Mark Boyle's like, no, Rick, I don't know that you can. No, I could do color. Trust me. And uh, still, I remember as a kid cracking up because Rick Smith saying he could do color. And I'm like, oh, the Dunkin' Dutchman. Do I remember it. when Rick Smith's uh, son came into uh, Best Buy when I was working at Best Buy like yeah. six years ago. And he yeah. was uh, probably a, a 10 or 11 And he's now old. seven feet tall. He was, he was taller than me at like 10. <laughs> Yeah. I'm like, how old is your son? Oh, he's 10. And imagine, he's 6'4". <laughs> I went to college with Rick's wife. She's 5'4". Could you imagine how tall that kid would be if, like, you know, somewhat I'm taller? Not, I'm not thinking I about feel the, bad for I'm his really wife. not thinking about Actually, the kid right it's now. It's kind of like when you looked at Shaq <laughs> and you looked at his wife and you went, I'm yeah. sorry, the sheer physics just boggled my mind. I do not understand this dynamic. I'm not a biology major, <laughs> but that it shouldn't work. <laughs> so anyway, that's a square peg. Uh, so anyway, one. so let's talk about your stand real quick. Yep. So how long have you been doing this? That was the first time I've <laughs> yeah, ever done that. Was it. Because yeah. I was going to say, wait a minute. Like, <laughs> no one, doing any research on Greg, I'm like, I don't, I don't know anything about <laughs> doing stand-up. So. No, man, it's first time. How was the rush? I was great. I mean, the thing is, is that I wasn't that nervous. I, some reason, have this really great sense of self-confidence for a fat guy. I have no idea where it comes from, but I seem to have it. Um, you get to talk a lot on the radio. Exactly. And, and, and ser- <laughs> Let's not go that far. Talk on the radio, I'll, I'll give you that. Um but because, again, I'm, I'm used to been hosting a show for all these years, you have some semblance of talking to an audience. And I've done a lot of speeches, like corporate speeches, events, and outings, and stuff like that. And you always try to work in a couple of jokes at some point in time. Yeah. Uh, and so I, I had a comfort level with the audience. What was interesting, though, and he, they talked about this the two or three times we got together in the month prior to this, is that, hey, when the lights are on, you can see about two rows in front of you. And everything else is just laughter in the background, and that's all you can Hopefully see. Hopefully laughter in the background. And it was, so uh, I <laughs> so thought I did well. Yeah. How long did you have to prepare? What kind of a, How long was your set, first off? I did about between, I want to say, six and eight minutes, I want to say. And, oh, the, okay. and the goal so was for all of us to do nine. Okay. We weren't doing like an hour-long, you know, like Richard Pryor special. Oh, yeah. You know, but between the between the five of us, there was a, there was a light that went off at the nine-minute mark, a red light that was like, okay, shut the fuck up, you know, time to move on. Um, and so... Hit that only for one of the performers. That's awesome. That was it. So I think uh, what's, uh, what a lot of people don't know, especially that you did stand up at that one time. No, no I never it was amazing. Mm, no, it was a, just one time at band camp. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But for what a lot of people don't know, in terms of just being behind a microphone or or in front of a camera, six to eight minutes feels like forever <laughs> if you're not prepared for it. Right. Like a minute and a half feels like forever when you're like recording copy or something like that and you're like this is supposed to be 30 seconds and you have this whole paragraph right. and then you look down and it's like 20 seconds in and you're like oh shit or on the other end when we try to give our thank you speech, that thank you thing we look down like okay dude we can do this in like quick like 3 minutes and then Fucking 25 eight minutes <laughs> how the hell we've we only gone through right. three paragraphs but yeah and so you had that advantage of uh, of having your sense of time with your voice right and but, i got and i got a a great piece of advice Chris Hagen from Fox 59 actually did stand up professionally for a couple of years before getting into television. Really? Okay. And so I ran into him at an Indians game about a week before, and he had he had done this before. He had actually been a part of the first two years of this. Actually, had a pretty significant injury and a severe I concussion at a charity event three or four weeks ago. God. So he was at the show, but but didn't want to get up on stage in case you know yeah. he kind of stumbled, forgot something, whatever the case may be. <laughs> 
But he had a moment of clarity with me about a week and a half ago and said, hey, you're used to having no immediate feedback when you're on the radio. You just kind of go. He's like, if they start laughing, let them laugh. Get that beat. That let, them, let them pause. Let them be a part of the conversation. And that way you frankly need to have less material. Let them laugh. And so that was a great piece of advice. And thankfully they did. <laughs> oh, that's good. It's a, yeah. That's a good thing. So rapid fire questions. Yep. Uh, how how well do you think Indy 11 is going to finish fall season? Uh, I know it's just two games. Right. They've looked, they've looked okay first two games. My guess is is somewhere in the middle of the pack would be my guess. Somewhere that, in, the, in that three, four, better, five, six range. Better spring season. Yep. <laughs> Hopefully three means Minnesota wins both seasons and we're good to go. Yeah, and we're in the playoffs right? that way. Exactly. Uh, best interview, worst interview at, in your entire career? Ever? Yes. Worst interview is Lou Ferrigno, the Hulk. <laughs> Interviewed him as part of a the the old days of Larry Lindy with the Indiana Ice. Did you not see Jason Siegel get choked out by that dude? We should be careful. Exactly. Come on, little man. <laughs> and obviously there's a hearing impairment there that didn't yeah. make it yeah. didn't make it a very good interview. But the old days of the ice, man, they'd had, I mean, Manute, God, bless, God rest his soul, Manute. Playing for the ice. Tanya Harding, all these people. And you interview Tanya, had Manute <laughs> in studio for like half an hour. So within the span of three months, we had Manute and the big show in like the same chair. <laughs> in our studios. In our No doubt. <laughs> yes. In our studios downtown. Um, and so Lou Ferrigno and Bob Huggins, who I assume was drunk. Uh, just a pretty safe assumption. Chance, yes. Those are the two worst interviews I've ever, I've ever been a part of, and and best, the late Rick Majerus was always my favorite interview. Four questions, 25 minutes later, thank you, Coach, and yeah. and was no matter where you were from, would always have a kind word for you, and we would talk about where are you from, Indianapolis. You been to Iria's recently? I mean, he would just rattle off every other restaurant downtown from his days around here. So miss that man, man, great guy. I would. I've actually on the way here. I was thinking about that whole thing. Like the the common question is best worst. Have you ever been in a situation in an interview where he literally was sitting there going, "I just want to end this right now. I want to end this." Like not just like the like it's just a bad interview, but you're just like they say something or it's it's just going in a particular way. You just go. I was in like, college. Yeah. And um, doing radio at the University of Indianapolis. That's how I feel right now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I'm just Man, you set him up for it, didn't I did. you? I did. Thank oh, you. No, I was just kidding. Oh, wait. Oh, here it is. Okay. Yeah. So, there we that, go. There's that pause he learned from Chris Hagen. So anyway, <laughs> and see, there's the laughter. Works like a charm every That's time. fucking good. Um, dude, me best, or you? Best show ever. There you go. Um, so <laughs> sophomore in college, University of Indianapolis, and we would always do like the women's and men's games were doubleheaders. And win or lose, the women's coach was always nice and gracious and, you know, would take oh, stupid geez. stupid questions from, you know, stupid college kids on, you know, college radio. <laughs> well, we knew not to interview the head coach, just passed away, Royce Waltman, a few years ago. That was in Indiana, or a few months ago. That was in yeah. Indiana State, and, and many years as a Bob Madison and IU. If they'd win, we got Royce on. If they, if they lost, we wouldn't get Royce on because we knew his temperament. And, like, listen, we're going to set you up for failure if we have you on. One of the academes at the university didn't exactly catch that concept. So a vice president sent, I think this is the early days of email, sent a note saying, hey, you need to have Royce on the broadcast win or lose. Even though he you know he doesn't oversee the radio department or anything like that, but he thought, hey, this oh, needs to happen. Okay. So we're in Owensboro, Kentucky, 
and the locker room is away from the gym. And as is typically the case in Owensboro, you get completely screwed by the officials, find a way to take a five-point lead into a five-point <laughs> loss, and potentially this loss might have cost them a chance at the NCAA tournament, which would have been our first trip to the Division II tournament. Okay. So I'm friends with the assistant coach. I'm doing play-by-play. -play. Then I saw my color guy. I'm like, we have to go get him on the air. We've been told we have to get him on the air. So walk across the gymnasium, knock on the locker room, talk to the assistant coach. He walks over there. Assistant coach walks out, looks at me like this, and I can see him mouth, what the fuck? <laughs> As in, why are you asking? And I shrug my shoulders and look, and he gets, Royce comes storming across the floor, snaps a headset, this fucking thing on? <laughs> and I am in full stutter, stammer mode. I have no earthly idea what I asked him. Is that your question? He gives me an answer. Hey, coach, I know you're upset. Thanks for the time. Boom. Walks away. Jeez. And then he said, I'm 40. I'm a man. Come at me. Come at me. I'm he made, he made 10 years before Mike Dunn did, did it. <laughs> wow. Jer By the way, Jeremiah Johnson yeah. from Fox 59 had a great line, so I got to give him credit for it. He's like, Mike Gundy should start every press conference with that line <laughs> and then should. update his age by hey, the years. Right. 43. Like this year, I'm 47. <laughs> and my prostate's growing. <laughs> Anybody have any questions? Come at me. That's what exactly. it should be. Um, like, cause especially because Jim Rome uses that fat all the time. That, that sound Jim bite. Rome. That sound bite of him yelling, make fun of a kid because he's fat. And it's <laughs> yeah. just that fat every, every time. And it's going to live in infamy. Those moments yeah. will live in infamy. Right. Agreed. Oh, I, I thought you were gonna say something. No, I'm just, <laughs> dude, dude, you, you were rolling, you're rolling. I'm just here with it. you, baby. No, I, you're here to get you. shit on, and I love it. Ah, oh, man, this has been good. I want Greg on every I know fucking podcast. <laughs> we got, we got uh, John this is Dawson. This like his fucking redemption song over <laughs> yes, here for some reason. This is. This I didn't realize good. you were like the beaten child syndrome over here. I feel bad. Like now, I feel like I need to give you a hug and and buy you things and tell you I love you every day because <laughs> you do already, baby. Okay, Bye. all right. Anyways. <laughs> Uh, uh, Colts chances this year. Very good. Uh, yeah. They got to survive the first four games without Robert Mathis, uh, and the first two opponents him to play Denver and Philly are not good. Yeah. But even if they go 0-2, you've got Jacksonville and Tennessee then coming up next. People are making a lot out, out of the fact that their schedule isn't that tough. I look at a lot of the teams that they play that had down years last year that you just go, tell me playing at Pittsburgh, at Dallas, home to Baltimore, those things are all at New York Giants. Those are all going to be tough games. I don't care what their records were last year. Those Giants teams will all bounce team. back. So way different team. Now, yeah. it's not a great division, so they're they're in a relatively easy division. You think there's almost a minimum of five wins playing Houston, Jacksonville, and Tennessee, but I still think the remaining schedule is, is quite difficult, but I still think the Colts will be the AFC South champs. And, and, again, now the bar for them is can you make the AFC title game? Can you get past Denver or New England or hopefully both? But that's the company that they keep now. Well, yeah, because, I mean, the thing is, is Denver has actually – had some great moves. I think, obviously, defensive-wise. <laughs> Denver has basically said, folks, in two years, we're going to be 1-15. in 15. We yeah. don't care. No. We are loading up for the next two years. Yeah. Enjoy it, and we're going to make you buy season tickets in three-year chunks, yeah. knowing that an awful <laughs> year is coming the day that Peyton steps away because we're literally cutting everyone else from the team. Oh, yeah. yeah. There'll be no, absolutely The dude no that reason. wears a bucket to games will be our starting quarterback <laughs> in 2017. That's, that's Jacksonville buy your season year. tickets yeah, now. Exactly. What are you looking up over here? I'm looking up, uh, is there any overlap between Indy 11 home games and Colts home games? The second preseason game, August 23rd, uh, is the nationally televised game on uh, CBS where the Colts the play Saints. the Saints and the uh, Indy 11 are at home, and I forget against who that night. Uh, Ottawa. 
there we go. And I'm just I was just kind of curious to see on the same weekend. So there's going to be some games, some home games on the same weekend as a Colts game. Yeah, I mean there will be plenty of those. And when the Colts play on a Sunday and the Indy 11 play on a Saturday night, expect Oliver Luck to be in attendance. Oliver is yeah, seriously yeah, Oli yeah. Oliver, and and for those that don't know. Oliver worked with Bill Peterson, who is the commissioner of the North American Soccer League. Bill and Oliver worked together at the end of the NFL Europe League or NFL Europa. Yeah. Uh, those two guys worked together. And so that's part of why Andrew was over in Europe and became such a Bayern Munich fan and such a, a, a fan of the sport in general uh, was because his formative years were spent over there while Dad was working for the National Football League. So uh, Oliver basically has a ticket offer standing whenever he wants to come to an 11 <laughs> game and has basically told Bill, Get me seats during regular season games because I will be here on Saturday nights to watch matches. I think the coolest thing, too, in terms of attendance of uh, Pacers playoff yeah. games, uh, you know, you had the, play, the the first playoff game against the Hawks. Uh, it was the same night, I think, right. uh, as the as an Indy 11 home game, yep. and they still sold out. And the, the, to me, to me, the, 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 the great mark for, for sports in this town period is the fact that there have been many times in the 11 and the Indianapolis Indians have, have been up against each other, and the 11 have drawn 10,000, the Indians have drawn eight or 9,000. In other words, there's room for everybody here at the table. So it's as much of a socioeconomic statement as it is a sports statement. Great job the Indy 11 have done as far as getting people and, and butts and seats. One, one final thing yep. to me that's kind of important. No, just kind of transition. So you're a sports guy all, overall, and obviously yeah, we're approaching... The time of this year, new season football. Yep. You fancy football guy. I tend not to be, just because I get to go out and talk to the players. Okay. I get to go out and, and be around on my them. Team, you better not screw up tonight. All <laughs> <laughs> right, guys. I hear that from players all yeah. of the time. And, and the thing is, guys in the locker room play fantasy football too. Yeah. You know, so they're fans. They get into it. Um, but <laughs> Should I draft you? Yeah. I don't know. You're going to draft me? Myself. I, I, started myself. My, I actually sat myself. I, I got week. to host a show with Reggie Wayne for two years, <laughs> yeah, yeah. every Tuesday. And, and, and invariably, Reggie, love you. Love the Colts. You're on my fantasy team. Yeah. And they'll be like, you think I'm going to try more because you're, yeah. you're my fantasy owner? You think that you know means a hell of a beans difference yes, to right. me? Yes. <laughs> now, when a four-year-old girl said that, it was a different <laughs> story. But, but. Okay, so, so you kind of avoid it at this point. Um. I wouldn't say I avoid it, and I've played it in the past. Right. But you have to draw the line somewhere. All right. So you're gonna ask him in the league? Is that what you're trying to do? No. <laughs> Dude, that league is undone. You cannot get in this league. It's uh, it's. It, I don't care who. There's the no you chance are. for promotion. No chance for relegation. No, no, it's done. So you're telling me the permanent relegation podcast fantasy football league oh, does not, not even, have promotion I'm not, or relegation? I'm not even, no, he's not even, I'm not no, even no. in it. No, no, no. no. All right, this you're is, up before me, and that's fine. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I get that. This guy, this reigning champion, and the video. That he did. With I threw on a Colts helmet and, and I had poured money on the money <laughs> stuffed in the helmet. Well, the dirty bird is often associated with the Colts franchise. Former <laughs> uh, uh, Colts great Jamal Anderson coined that dance back in '98. He did, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> when he scored well, three touchdowns in the, against the Colts right, in '98. Yes. Exactly with Christopher Columbus from Portugal, right? Um, so, <laughs> or Chris Chandler, one of the same. <laughs> oh, Chris Chandler, yeah. Who's been the most surprising uh, fan? Of the Indy 11, uh, in terms of celebrity lore. Well, there's there's Andrew Luck that was there of for the course. Tampa Bay game April 19. Right. And not surprisingly, Bjorn Werner being from Germany, he and Christian Nick to become very good friends, and so Bjorn has basically been at every game. Um, good question. 
You know, it's interesting. It, it seems there's a lot of love amongst the television community for the Indy 11. Uh, Bruce Kopp of the Channel 13 Morning Show is yep. a massive soccer guy. His yes, son's going to play at IUPUI next year. Was the Mental Attitude Award winner in the state finals this past year for Avon. Chuck Lofton, massive yes. Indy 11 guy. Todd Clausen from Channel 6 loves him some soccer. Chris Whitlick is a very much a soccer guy yeah. at Channel 8. So there really is a passion for the sport. Tracy Forner, every time he sees me Saturday night, dude, you are killing it on the play-by-play. -play. I'm like, thank you, brother. I appreciate yeah. that. So so I'm not sure if there's any other than the couple of guys I mentioned from the um, you know from the Colts. There's a big media crush as far as people liking the Indy 11 and people liking the sport. That's kind of cool to see. The most surprising thing is Pat McAfee hasn't been to a game yet. And that guy's a, a a big soccer guy as well, who has said. But he before, is he was he is a jet setting type of oh, dude. Yes, I mean, he was just on NFL AM and the ESPYS right, all yes, last right, week. Right, exactly. exactly. So yeah, it's, it's it's one of those things where you know, I know the Brickyard Battalion have been trying to get him because of his personality, right? To get him to just sit in the BYB one game. I think now that training camp has started and everything's kind of getting to that point, I, I think it's going to. We're be trying to think of the Colts off to, weekends and when we could do it. Um, Check that. Check the October schedule. If we're home on October the 11th, that might be the yeah. game to get him because they play on October the 9th. Yeah. That might be the one remaining chance to get Pat at a game. Good. I, I, I tend to have the schedule memorized about three games out, <laughs> and knowing when I need to be here and knowing when they're home and road. I think they're at home on October the 11th because they're on the road the last two weeks of the season. So I may have to put in a recommendation to Mr. McAfee that he shows uh, up. There is no game on the 11th. My bad. Uh, Saturday the 9th and Saturday the 16th are both away games. Right. Damn. So with all that that you know, yep. guess, well, how does your schedule work? That's Isn't August, it? by the way. Those dates. Check. Yeah. Check October. Oh, yeah, that's right. Damn. See, like. Yeah. I see how my mind works. Like, October 11th Rain is uh, Minnesota. Oh, Sports Rain be, Man. That game is going to be <laughs> definitely. Uh, that's definitely game. August 11th. Uh, Bring him out for the loons. October, Perfect. October 11th against <laughs> the team that won the the spring league. Oh, Minnesota. Yeah. Yeah. Who just played Swansea and I think beat them two. Nil, I think. Two nil. Two nil. Two nil. Yes. So, how does your schedule work during the week? So, obviously, you have. You I kind of have a weeks. nine to five uh, with ten seventy being the program director, and I'm trying to make yeah. sure I'm I'm in there. I mean, obviously, I've got meetings offsite and things like that. Um, but try to almost be treated like a, big, a college professor. You need to have office hours. Okay. So people can come in and see me, whether it's right. hosts, whether it's sales types, whatever yeah. the case may be. Um, I generally. Friday nights for high school football, I'll work with HTSN this year and, and doing uh, more high school football. Saturdays, lots of Indy 11 games. I'll kind of do some college football around it. Uh, Sunday's Colts postgame show. So dur during during the fall, I work seven days a week. Now, again, I make good money doing it, but I do work seven days a week. And then usually I'll try to maybe do one other night, like some some soccer, some volleyball, high school, college stuff like that, you know, like Monday through Thursday. So you get so. to see your wife how many hours? My wife still thinks I'm skinny. <laughs> Oh, we've been married so long. We've been married Did for. You use that on the stand-up? You should have. That's a solid joke. A, vari a variation of okay. it, basically. <laughs> um, we've been married for 15 years. I think my wife and I actually spent like a total of two years together. So it's probably the, the why we're still happily married at this point in time. Uh, final question, yeah. and, it's, and it's from uh, the tw uh, the Twitterverse. The Twitter uh, sphere. Yes. Richard. Hello, Richard. <laughs> yeah, you know Richard. Uh, Richard asked, at this point in the season, who would you give your top players not to? Ambersley. Yeah. I'd give it to Ambersley. Uh, j just because he's been asked to do a variety of different things. Uh, and, and I think, I mean, he's he's third in the modern NASL in goals with 24. He's first in assists with 18. I think he's better in more of a creative role and trying to set up guys like Cleverson, Spencer, and Smith. 
Um, but he's been asked to play more by striker's role because those guys have been missing. Smith didn't get her until May. Spencer missed the first two games. Cleverson's been hurt. So I think Ambersley has been the guy that, and obviously he's the leading scorer, I give it to Ambersley. Okay. So, and on a scale of 1 to 10, yep. how shit is this show? <laughs> With me. Take me out of the equation because that instantly drops us 3 4 points. Right? I would say so. a 10 because this show is the shit. It, uh, actually, it's more of a shit show. <laughs> Most of the time. No, actually, I just want to thank you. Of course, You buddy. are an incredible, um, you're a credible gift to this city because, again, you're what you've blush. done. No, I mean, because obviously you've been doing it for a really long time here, and we appreciate not only how you are as a professional, but you have in such an incredible personality, and you, what you have done for this city with bringing it up, and we talked about this on here, with saying, you know what, not just as a personal fan, but sure. there is business sense, but pressing that issue, right. and now you see the success. Without guys like you, because at the beginning, the biggest issue was there was very little media support, right? and you were in the forefront of I mean, this, and, yeah. and, and nobody will give you the dues. I, Thanks, they, I appreciate they, that. They Thank not, you. You have done this, so I, just to have you sitting here and it's kind of be reverse. Although I kind of still feel like it was Soccer Saturday with Greg Rickshaw. It is where to be. It is where to be answering the questions. Yeah, I'm just in the other seat, you know. And not having a producer here. But I just say thank you very much because course, this buddy. is this is more than an honor. For sure, me. man. Appreciate so, it. Anytime. It, it goes to show too that just um, your work and the Indy 11's work. We were one of the first media outlets that actually got access to like Peter. And Jurgen, and and some guys right after they were announced. Right. And uh, you know, you talked about your business sense and your sales guy. You know, I was a sales guy for the Indy Star, and that's ultimately how I got introduced to Peter because I saw a little blurb that said, "Oh, Indiana, Indiana, Indianapolis might have a soccer team." I was like, "Well, I better go in because I'm a <laughs> soccer guy. I gotta go talk to this guy." And you know, talking to Peter, talking to the, anybody at Indy 11 knows that it starts from here, right. it goes up, and they haven't lost that even though there's. 10,000-plus fans sure. at the game every time. Well, you know, I mean, it was... You, you would hear the season ticket numbers last fall. You're like, that's that's pretty impressive. And even as if somebody that wanted to succeed, I, I was surprised by that. But what really drove the point home, and it was just kind of happenstance, I was filling in for JMV on October the 1st when we were live at the Rascaller, yeah. and it's announcing of Honda, and it's and, and Christian rolls it in the Accord or the Civic, yeah. whatever they were driving <laughs> that day. And I've been out there for, for plenty of beer garden concerts at the Rascaller. I've never seen that place that full. Yeah. And I'm like, all right, there's something here. Even more so than what happened two months before that with the Chelsea Inter game. Indy yeah. 11 was a part, but that was sold by Chelsea and Inter. It was, it was great for the Indy 11 to be a part of it and, and kind of show the grassroots support. But it was when it was a standalone Indy 11 event and you had like over 1,000 people, the Raskeller, yeah. hey, there's something here. And right. then that's when you jump on board. You know, it's funny, actually, little side tidbit. Today when we got Annalise's new pilot, we were over at Honda, Fisher's Honda. And it's funny because I have my shirt on. And they're like, it's like, huh, this is interesting because they're taking a photo for the Facebook thing. I was like, you should probably tag uh, Indy 11 in that because <laughs> it's got Indy 11 and Honda. This makes yeah. sense, right? Yeah, yeah so. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, so. But no, yeah, thanks thanks for course, uh, supporting us, sure. having us on your show, talking about us on the radio because, I mean, we, get, we want as obviously as much – Free pub as we can because we never now buy anything. Now he knows how I really am. He probably would <laughs> totally rethink having me <laughs> on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he'll be like, oh, make sure you check out the permanent relegation show. Uh, Andy's great. <laughs> There's a phone call going to Mason as soon as this is over. <laughs> exactly. Who I are mean. these two fucking dudes? You <laughs> got a microphone. I swear, if you ever 
ever put them on. Yes. Yeah, so. But now we uh, next week we have uh, uh, John Dawson and Brad Ring on two the weeks. show. Two weeks. Two weeks. Sorry. Two which weeks. Which means the show gets exceedingly oh, handsome. That, which is always well. That's you know, actually one of the reasons the I didn't shave because I, I I got mad at Dawson for shaving the the the, the porn trash stash. stash. The trash oh, stash. Oh man. So I'm gonna uh, I'm just gonna shave all this off. Leave the the Wabash stash. And, re- and get ready to go. <laughs> well, Vance says. No, so, so we'll be back then. Yes, we'll be back um, on the 5th. I always want to thank Fisher's Chatham, yep. Downtown Chatham, all the, you know what, the incredible support. They always are, are one of the first immediately to retweet, tweet to, to keep up to date. And and obviously with, um, with with Premier League and soccer starting back up here very soon, obviously your uh, 7 45, oh, yeah. uh, you know, breakfast. Yep. breakfast here and we'll be here too. for Soccer Saturday for opening oh, day, yeah. August the 16th, September 13th, September 27th. So those will be the times and we'll be here And you know how to get Fisher's a hold of us, Chatham. too. So we'll be you got it, man. To, to hop on or just crash it. I'll just, we'll just crash it. I'll just come You're show up regardless. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'll show up regardless. Uh, just check us out, PR Podcast Show on Twitter. Uh, the shows are always available through iTunes, SoundCloud. YouTube.com. Uh, YouTube.com slash Permanent Relegation. Right. Uh, so you can watch our beautiful faces. Every Saturday morning. Yes, sir. 9 a.m. Exactly, 9 a.m. Soccer Saturday with the man. The man, he's now a legend. To me, he's a legend. So, And you can always check out Greg's uh, blogs on TimSemiTheFan.com. Uh, you're going to stop. Uh, are you going to still write about some soccer stuff? Absolutely, all yeah. Right, cool. I'll mix Good. in some college football here shortly, but I'll keep writing about the 11 all season long. <laughs> you know, don't give a shit. Anyways, <laughs> anyways all right. How about my drink? Glory, glory. Always, I will.